Bearcat Bounce Podcast. We are back at it again. Aaron Smith, how are we? You know, it's been a, a roller coaster of emotions this past week. Yeah. But, uh, I, I think everything is going to be all right. Roller coaster of emotions. I tell you what, that was a fun ride this past weekend, though. A little yeah. different than the feeling we had coming into last week's PBP. I will say it was far more entertaining than I thought it was going to be. Yes, very much so. Very much so. A, an, an amusement park ride, more of a, a Kings Island visit than a Holiday World visit here in Indiana, I would say. So, uh, you know, we'll kind of roll on that roller coaster. We're going to touch all on basketball, three games, two and one in that stretch. Really good play. The the baby Bearcats, which I, I think we need to tinker a little bit because they've there's been a lot of baby blanks, like the baby boilers back in the day. So we'll see which we can, you know, come up with. But and then we're going to also dive into the mailbag. A huge turnout in the mailbag this week, Aaron. It was. I couldn't believe how many people responded. I'm, I'm glad to see that people are enjoying the, the segment and enjoying what we're putting out there. Yeah, it almost as if when uh, basketball starts getting going and, and a little bit of a, a feel of happiness among the, the fans, maybe a little bit more engagement as well. So... Hey, we're all about it here on the BBP. I'll take it. We'll take it. But we need to start off right away. We had some breaking news come up right before we hopped on air. And with the cancellation of the SMU game this Thursday night, there was a surprise senior night on, on Sunday, midday, against Memphis. But it turns out it's not the seniors' final game at Fifth Third Arena. The Fighting Jerry Stackhouses out of Nashville, Tennessee, the Vanderbilt Commodores will be heading to Fifth Third Arena. Aaron, your initial thoughts and reactions to the Bearcats adding a game, an SEC opponent, a Power 5 opponent, coming up this Thursday night. The way that they've played over the course of the last few games, come win or lose, I'm just excited to see more time with this team on the floor. Smart answer. Very smart answer. I also look at it as, hey, SEC opponent. This is the the, the third. Uh, sure, Vanderbilt's not great. They're right around the Bearcats as far as the Ken Palm and, and some other ratings, efficiency ratings and things of that sort. They uh, are coached, of course, by one Jerry Stackhouse. Jerry Stackhouse got a lot of fame this year by uh, DMing fans on Twitter and other social media platforms. Just kind of kind of speaking his point of view, saying his mind to what he had to have the fans kind of get on the right path. So Jerry being very open and honest with the fan base. And then they've got a player by the name of Scotty Pippen Jr. Yes, that Scotty Pippen Jr. He's averaging over 20 points per game, leading assist man over five a game. He's efficient from the field as well. I mean, he's shooting about 37% from three, 82 at the line. Scotty Pippen Jr. is a very good player. But like you said, I'm just happy that they have another chance to go out on the court and give these young players a shot at a team and a team in the SEC that has had, you know, to go up against all the different teams that come in that conference, you know, didn't really fare too well. They did beat Ole Miss this past weekend at home, 75 to 70. That's a big game because it took the Rebels kind of off the bubble. But aside from that, not really too many close a lot of close losses, not many wins, but still, as you said, just another game on the schedule and one that's going to have a lot of lore to it with, of course, 
Gary Stackhouse, Scotty Pippen, and uh, a power five opponent coming to fifth third. Just the way that the kids have been playing and really kind of putting it all together, you know, I'll be the first to say that I did not expect, especially after the way Houston, that we lost to Houston and everything, you know, I, I just did not expect to see much of a final end of the end of the season here. And uh, they, they certainly have shown us that they are a product to, you know, be entertained by. So I don't know that we can rule them out of any games going forward. No, not at all. I'll be interested to see kind of what the uh, MO of, of Vanderbilt and the connections to the Commodores that kind of set this one up because it's kind of weird. They, they play Tuesday night at 8.30 p.m. down in LSU. And then they're going to come here two days later and then two days later travel down to Ole Miss. It's kind of, you know, it just seems like kind of same thing for Jerry Stackhouse, just trying to get as many games as he can with his younger roster. So um, I'll be interested to see as things kind of kind of even out what's going to take place and, and how they look on Thursday night. But like just moving on, happy to have another game. And of course, Vanderbilt will get the preview up and do a little deep dive on old Scotty Pippen Jr., the Scotty Pippen Jr. But uh, for now, let's talk about the wins, Aaron. Let's. First off, Wednesday. That was another game where the start was, uh, let's say, left a lot to be desired. Um, a big hole right out the gate. We're talking the Bearcats were looking as if they were not going to be able to dig themselves out of that hole, especially because they had so much difficulties the game before against Houston. But they showed resiliency. They were able to pull it out. And in the end, it was a tip pass and steal and a lay-in by Jeremiah Davenport. And then a defensive stance. And then you walk away with a 70-69 to victory on the road against Tulsa. And, you know, what we didn't know during that game was that was was that was that DDJ's last game or was it his last game? Yeah, it was yeah. his last game. So so we didn't know we were watching our, the final minutes of, of David Julius, which pretty crazy the way that that all went down, mm-hmm. um, you know, but we did eke out another close game uh, as I think that was what of the like previous six games or so, like the five wins that we had, they were all by one possession. Right. Um, so just absolutely insane that we continued to figure out a way to close out some super tight games. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll take a W where yep. one was earned, but uh, no, it, it was always good. You know, it seems Tulsa hates us and that was <laughs> evidenced by the beat writer for Tulsa still complaining about the Bearcats football schedule. Uh, she blocked me. <laughs> of course she block it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it was it was a weird week for Tulsa. Um, because you know, I guess we're still in their feels, uh, uh living a hundred percent rent free in their heads, as as the kids will say. But it was, you know, again, just good to to get another W there. You mean to tell me that Tulsa does not like the Cincinnati Bearcats. I- I think it's pretty obvious you you hop on Twitter for about, you know, a few minutes when when the games are coming up and it's pretty, pretty doggone obvious that they do not like us one bit. And Chad getting blocked is uh, further evidence of that. Congratulations, Chad. Um, I, I went ahead. I went ahead and logged into the BCJ account and told her you might as well block me on this one, too. <laughs> oh, is, is that is so that explains the tweet that says it looks like we've been hacked. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that was great. 
That was great. I, I, I mean, I've always, I, you know, I, I own the site. I've always had access to the BCJ account. I just let right. Dave handle it. But uh, yeah, I, all I said to her, she complained about it. And I, I said, so you have a problem with the conference following the guidelines, the, yeah. the, the guidelines and the rules yep. for football for how a, a host for a conference championship game uh, is addressed. But you like punishing teams that get COVID and, and forcing them to give up home games. Uh, that, that seems very wrong. Yes. Yes. And she it's said, a- I said what I said and she blocked me. Well, so you went against her narrative. So she got a little upset about it. I get it. She well, rescues cats. <laughs> well, I mean, you see the fandom comes out and, and, and droves when certain things like that happen. So, uh, the, you know, the deep divers and the uh, finding gems on online and things of that sort. So I, I think she understands that when you mess with, with Cincinnati, you're going to get the full entire Bearcat. So uh, it was a good win. 70 69. Uh, one of the main stories of this one is, of course, getting down 15 to three. All things seem lost. People, I, you know, you look and some people on Twitter are saying they turn the game off and, and some people are saying, oh gosh, another one of these. And then young let's not poo-poo that. No. That was brutal. Oh, it was horrible. It was horrible. I Bearcats start off with a three-pointer, three-point make by Keith Williams. They don't score again until let me pull this up. It was, it was after pretty, the it was after the under eight, wasn't it? Yeah. They they don't score again until a layup under by 12. Keith with, with 12.29 left on the clock. Oof. Yeah, that's that's rough. That is rough, especially with the game being at 9 p.m., especially with the taste of, of a 38-point loss still in the mouths of all the fans. But then a, a young player, we're going to talk about the freshman, the Baby Bearcats. we got to come up with a different name because the Baby Boilers, Etwan Moore, Robbie Hummel, Jawan Johnson, Scott Martin, they kind of took that Baby Boiler name. But still, we'll roll with it for now. A young player by the name of Mason Madsen. Aaron. He had himself Mason a game. Madsen. He had himself a game, and you've seen him get a little chirpy on Twitter here this week as uh, he wanted everyone to know that he was ranked number 451 and wanted everybody to know, how's that looking now? Uh, <laughs> because he's uh, he's become somebody that teams, we saw Memphis kind of plan around him. You yep. know, when he's on the floor, they've realized, Oh shit, this guy can shoot. Right. So right. all of a sudden you're seeing, you know, making sure that somebody's on him, making sure that they're respecting his three. And yep. he continues to just I uh, I'll I'll leave Berg to the way that he la- wants to describe it, but uh you know, it, it's 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 been fun to see Mason Madsen and his maturation, especially since by all accounts, you know, people were talking about him being a, a throw-in for us recruiting Gabe. And I don't think he liked that taste that was left in his mouth on that. No. So, so what Mason did was he made three threes, Aaron, in the stretch of about what three minutes that ended up giving the lead to the Bearcats a 27 to 24 lead over Tulsa after it was felt just as if the game was completely done and there was no chance in the first opening minutes. So he kind of was able to, to have his coming out party. You saw Jeremiah Davenport have another good game, four for six from deep, tying his career high. But we know that was only an appetizer of what was to come later on in the week. 
Yes, we did. But this this seemed like a game that Keith Williams was going to do everything he could to make sure that they did not lose. Uh, 24 points. I mean, you're looking at at a senior that, you know, he's going to do everything that he can to try and close out his career on a high note. I, he shot 24 times, Aaron. 24 times. And he, he had six assists in this game. He was looking like a, a player who was doing absolutely everything he could to make sure that they came out with the win. It's been a nice stretch over the last several games. You know, I feel like Keith Williams really looked a little lost out there without, you know, his his cohort in crime, uh, Jaron Cumberland out there with him to start off the season. And as the season's gone along, I feel like much the same way as a lot of the role players have, have kind of figured out what their roles are. I think Keith really kind of finally embraced the, the leader role that we all thought that he was going to be able to take. He just took it maybe a, a little late in the season than a lot of us would have liked to see. And of course, I, that's the thing about Keith kind of, uh, kind of is going to do everything that he can to kind of be that player to make the plays in, at the end of the game. Sometimes it's a little bit too much. Sometimes it's just about right. And in this one, it was kind of the team coming together, making the right plays down the stretch, making some, some poor plays at the free throw line that of course made things a little bit too scary and it uh, it led to a an actual one point lead for Tulsa, and then that that defensive play, Aaron. I take me through. You're sitting there watching the game. What exactly are you thinking? 18 seconds left on the clock, and it's an inbounds play for Tulsa with a one point lead. Well, the last time we hopped on this podcast, we had just beaten. Uh, it was. Not not the Houston game, but the uh, the UCF game and even the Temple game. I never felt like scared that we were going to lose those games. Right. Uh, Tulsa felt like when we were going to lose. It felt like one that we had given away. As you mentioned at the free throw line, we've we've pretty much been abysmal this season at the free yeah. throw line, and it's been earmarked, especially over the course of these last few games, as the other teams have done much better at the free throw line than we have. So. I didn't expect them to pull that one out to be completely honest with you. And of course it was a pleasant surprise when they did. You know, I'm going to touch on that free throw line thing again. This is going to kind of boggle you a little bit. I doubt it. Right. Right. So Bearcats so <laughs> are shooting 65% on the season. That's 319th in the country. Their opponents are shooting 75.8%. That is the 17th worst Free throw defense in the entire country. The you got to get your are, free throw. De- you got to get your, your your shit together on free throw yeah, defense. Got to. I hoot and holler in a little bit. I f- figure out different whistles or something. I, I mean that that is an insane stat, especially with the amount of fouls that the Bearcats have committed this season. Think yeah. about all of the points that opposing teams are getting at the free throw line. When they're shooting seventy five point eight percent, and that's over, you know, we're at we're at the very end of the season. We're eighteen games in. That is a real stat right now. So I don't know. They got to focus on on some sort of a free throw defense, man. It's because it, that is that is a tough tough thing to go up against in any game. Look, you can't let opponents shoot seventy five percent from the free throw line. Like I know, some, something has to be something has to be done. Well, Aaron, even- what's your remedy for that? I mean, I was thinking about it even as Cole Ellis was at the line or uh, Boogie Ellis was at the line against Memphis and he's roughly about a, I think it was 50% shooter from the line. And he was just lights out. Like, I mean, it, it doesn't matter who we play. 
they don't play to their to their basketball card. They're playing way better, no matter who's at the line. You know, you talk about some some different guys are you know hack a shack esque that we're going up against. It doesn't matter who we're fouling, whether it be the center, whether it be the point guard. It doesn't matter. They're just all hitting free throws, and we're not. So even when we get the and ones, even when we get the one and ones, they're they're none of them are gimmies. Yeah, I mean, I I would love to see how much points. I it's got to be a, a, a wild amount. I'll look it up at some point. But still, got to focus on defense on free throws in practice. Maybe Chad can get with with John Brandon on that one and figure out different ways of of waving your hands or something like that. Anyway. The final play. Maybe it helps now that we have some fans there in the stands. Maybe that helps. <laughs> Something. Anything. Right. Are they I mean with the with the COVID protocols in place, are they allowed to have the uh the cutouts? I I didn't see cutouts. I haven't seen them at all, but they were also supposed to be, you know, all spread out more than six feet and right. socially distanced. And it didn't entirely look like the student section was adhering to that either so <laughs> well you know teach their own but either way this game ends with that steal mike adams woods length defense deflection and then i was a little nervous on that lay-in by by davenport because if you hesitate if you kind of kind of short arm that going through contact at the rim you're going to miss that and then it's going to be a rebound and then another foul and then we'll see what happens but Confidence on the lane. That's that's exactly what you've seen from Davenport, game in and game out. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Mikey open on the back door? Or uh, I'm sorry, uh, Micah Micah Adams Woods, I think, was open on the back door underneath on that oh, yeah. same on that same drive, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, I was listen. I'm I've been thoroughly pleased with Davenport since the since the jump of the season. Yeah. And this was a game where you know he he did make his presence known as he has been, you know, especially over this second half of the season, um, maybe more so than the, than the first half. But it's it's been fun to watch him, you know, just become a guy. Like, I mean, he's he's literally become the, the heartbeat of this team. So it's it's been a fun thing to watch. And you know what? We're going to segue that into the Jeremiah Davenport game, which I have to admit, I, I got I to give you props here, Aaron. I think I did it on a previous one as well. You did. But you were were the one that said, is it time to consider Jeremiah Davenport as one of the best players on the team? Y'all call me crazy. I Well, hey, I, I mean, and I hate to say it, I, I was not hooting and hollering thinking that he was going to have a huge role on the team this year. You know, I thought he was going to be that spark plug off the bench like he was in the Memphis game last year. Kind of you know bring your defense and and turn it into some offense. I I did not expect what we're seeing on the court right now, but it's probably the best thing to happen for John Brandon and the program because when you have a player that is able to go out, I don't care who it's against, I don't care what what the situation is, but you drop 27 points. I I, I mean we're talking confidence from deep. We're talking a player on the other team named Jalen Forbes. Man goes goes off. Goes yeah, he does. Off. And right there is Jeremiah Davenport begging for the ball and saying, okay, I'll match you. Davenport splashed two threes after Forbes hit like five straight. Yeah. That is a sign of a player that is just not afraid. And if you're splashing in threes the way that Davenport has been, 
especially recently. That is just a great, great combination. Well, and I think he was something like 16% last year by comparison to wherever he's at this year. Um, but that said, you know, he, I, I said it, you know, just a couple moments ago, I'll say it again. You mentioned him being the spark plug. I think he's more than the spark plug at this point. He is the heartbeat of this team. He lives, mm-hmm. breathes, and sleeps Cincinnati. He right. loves this city. You know, he, he is from Moeller, as has been pointed out almost as much as Tom Brenneman used to love to point out that Kyle Schwerber was from Middletown. But, <laughs> I mean, the kid has always wanted to be a Bearcat, and, and you're seeing that. Like, you literally see it. He, he, he'll go die for you out there on the floor. And it's, you know, I, I don't know that there's been a player quite of this this much in love with his city and making sure that he's representing his city the way that uh, Jeremiah has been this season. Yeah. I, I mean, you're looking at that stat line and of course it, it's against Tulane. Yes. Galen Forbes goes off Davenport 10 of 16, extremely efficient four of seven from deep yet again, efficient. Well, it's down all three at the line. You know, I, I said this a couple weeks ago, I think maybe two weeks ago, but mm-hmm. is there anybody right now who you'd rather have shooting a three? Outside of maybe, maybe Mason Madsen? Probably a wide open Mason Madsen would be the only one. Um, yeah. And, and even then, um, maybe if it's like a certain situation, I'm saying. If it's a catch and shoot, Jeremiah Davenport, I mean, he's he, he's way better at the catch and shoot than he is, you know, the step back or, or you yeah. know, the, the set three. But, man, that catch and shoot is – it's a thing of beauty. Yep. Five rebounds, five assisted, two turnovers. John Brandon said in the press – conference after the game saying, you know, at the beginning of the season or last year, that could have been two assists to five turnovers. So just certain parts of his game that he's really been able to kind of tinker and, and, and work on. And, you know, he's not a finished product yet, but when you're, you're dropping 27 and you're going mano a mano with a, with an opposing player that is on fire. I mean, that's, that's just a sign of a player as a sophomore who's definitely looking to not only continue to improve, but make the right steps in order to become a complete player. I, I'm excited to see what Davenport does the rest of this year, of course, but then in the offseason going into next year. So as much as you want to talk about Jeremiah Davenport, he wasn't the only one who, who shined no. in this game. I mean, Fill me uh, in. <laughs> I mean, you could, you could also argue that this was the Tari Eason game. Yes, you could fill me in. So, you know, you had, you had Tari finally keep himself out of foul trouble. He, he, I think that was the biggest stat of this game yes. as he finished the game with only two personal fouls mm-hmm. on 28 minutes, and that's that's a big deal for Tari. And we haven't gotten to see – I mean, especially as was emphasized against Memphis, I think he was out there for all of, what, like seven minutes or something like that. Um, yeah. Just every time he turned around, like – I think he breathed and he got a, a personal foul. It was kind of bananas out there for him. Poor guy. I felt, okay. I felt terrible for him, but it was, it was good to see him. He put up 20 points, 13 rebounds against Tulane. And again, it must be mentioned that it was Tulane, but I believe I saw a stat that uh, some crazy stat where it was like the first time that somebody had 20 and 13 in a game out in the last decade outside of like uh, what it was a Gary Clark and yeah. uh Nancy Gates. Nancy Gates and then uh Trey I think was maybe yep. one of them also that's right yep I mean it, he was spectacular and then you add on on top of that you're obviously looking at the minutes played but you're also seeing that not only did he just get on the boards and and did he also finish numerous kind of circus shots some crazy bank shots that hey, I had Trey. no idea 
how they went in. But, I mean, he was a perfect eight for eight from the field, one of one from three. The only blemish was one miss from the free throw line, which I'm sure his mom was was jokingly probably all over him about. But then, of course, you've got two assists, zero turnovers, three blocks, a steal, all that in 28 minutes. And I know plus and minuses are whatever. You, you can think they're garbage or use them when you want. But he was plus 27 in the game. I mean, that's just that is just crazy. His his effects on this team are just astronomical. And this was his one game that he really, really came out and he showed what he can do when given consistent minutes. Well, and you bring up his mom and, you know, anybody who follows her on Twitter knows that he found out midway through the game that she was even in town, that she was even yep. at the game. And then, of course, you saw uh, the picture that was captured by uh, the Enquirer's photographer, uh, Kareem. I'm going to butcher his last name. Chad's got it. Kareem. So, so Kareem captured at that wonderful moment um, <laughs> there with, uh, with Tari hugging his mom. And, you know, I think you kind of got to see, like, how much these kids miss their families. And you, especially in a season where you'd normally get to see families attending games, you haven't got to see too much of that this, this year with, with all the COVID protocols in place. And I think that's why you see some things going on with, you know, some players opting out because of mental health, a la, you know, David Julius, Gabe Madsen, uh, maybe Zach Harvey to an extent there too. So um, it's it's been – an emotional roller coaster, even for these freshmen, especially too, as they adjust to life away from home on, you know, at college with, you know, college level where everybody's as good as what you were in high school, at least if not better. So it's uh, it was, it was great to see him finally have himself a game. He got to do it in front of his mom, his little brother, and uh, just, they all got to share that moment. And that was, that was very cool to see. Yeah. And, and, and I'm going to touch on that even more after we talk about Memphis, because Post-game Memphis, that was, a, that was a game I was finally able to attend in person with, with how crazy this season has been. I just haven't been able to get there for the early tips, haven't been able to, to, to figure out ways to get to fifth third, but I was finally able to be there Slacker. on Sunday. The, the outcome isn't what I wanted, but after the game, I was, I was excited to point out a couple of things. But um, now, to give, them, give them the biggest thing that you caught at the game on Sunday. On Sunday. So, yeah, so after the game – um, Don't say COVID. first off, it was just awesome seeing on the just just the the embrace that the players had with the parents and with their parents. And, you know, I saw Mason Madsen hugging his mom for a while, for, for a very long time. You can just see how emotional these these players have gotten. I mean, this is a crazy, crazy year. And they're with Mason. Uh, if, if my eyeballs do me correctly, it, it was his brother, Gabe, in the stands as well um wearing a wearing a snow cap and and just kind of standing talking with the with an assistant coach I couldn't see which coach it was but um yeah so I you you also saw just just hugs from Tari Eason walked over and, and hugged Mason's mom and you saw you know Mikey Saunders walked over and, and hugged Mason's mom and and you know Tar, Tari's hugging you know Mr. Saunders and and Mikey's mother and dad mother and father as well it's, it's just didn't didn't they have like a, a- team outing at the Madsons at one point during like Thanksgiving or something like that. Wasn't that a thing that happened? No, a team outing at the, a team outing in Minnesota. I feel like there was somewhere they went for like Thanksgiving or something like that, where they were all, no, they went up family's house. The, the Madsons and rap went and met with his family or up at some point in the summer. 
Okay. But no, the, the team most certainly did not go to Minnesota to meet with the Madsons family. <laughs> I thought there for was Thanksgiving. I thought there was something when they had like a, a long layoff where they went to some pile on the buses, guys. Let's head <laughs> on. <laughs> I may have made that Go, up. Going for a 14 hour road trip to Minnesota. Don't mind me. The, it's fine. The Mad the Madsons mom makes a mean smoked turkey. Oh, I don't I doubt heard. it. I, I don't doubt it. <laughs> but I, that was just awesome to see. Um, you know, it's and, and it puts things in, in perspective as well. Uh, you know, like you said, Aaron, just like seeing that embrace with Tari and his mom. It's just it's just unheard of what these kids are going through. And uh, just just awesome to see that. And you also saw Mason after that Memphis game. He, he was right back on the free throw line shooting extra shots. You know, this is just it's it's a it's a team that definitely wears their emotions on their sleeve. You know, when. When things are high, they are they are all over it. Recently, they've been trying to really get get the team rallied together. When things are down as well, so you know they're they're growing as a team, and that's never more evident than what I saw after the game on, against Memphis. So you know, and a lot of that is what we saw against Tulane, and then of course at, in different stretches against Memphis, and that was the youth movement, Aaron. And well, and even before you move completely on to Memphis, I did oh, no, want to say yeah. I did want to say Micah even had himself a game against yes. Tulane. Like his, I feel like ever since I said something, and I had, I'm not saying at all that it has anything to do with me. It but is it was like, credit. It doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> what that that one point where he let a dunk go by, and I I brought it up on the podcast. Uh, this is, you know, this is probably uh, about eight or ten games ago now. Um, Wichita State. Yes, and I I brought it up even last week, and you you caught me, and I couldn't remember which game it was. Um, but yeah, ever since then, I feel like he's been playing as a different player. And I don't know if maybe that play haunts him because he didn't really get back there or what the case was, but I feel like that was kind of where the, the switch went off and he's been an excellent role player, even dropping in, you know, the 16 against Tulane, you know, they, they, they won that game by 20, but you know, that 20 didn't happen until about midway through the second half where they just went off. Well, and, and they went off with, with a lineup of Mike Saunders Micah. Mason Madsen, Micah Adams Woods, Jeremiah Davenport, and Tari Eason, all, all freshmen, freshmen and all sophomores. Do you have a different name than than the baby Bearcats, or is that what we're rolling with? I mean, Bear Kittens just sounds soft. Oh yeah, I don't, can't, I don't love do that. that one. Can't do I that don't one. love that. Huh. Bear Kids. Ooh, the Bear Kids. Yeah, I kind of like that one. Kind of, because Chad, I the baby boy that before that was you like were... a monstrous thing. If you remember that, Chad, I just I just came up with Bear Kids right off the top of my head right now. So this is the first I've tested it. You got to trademark that kids. before we get done with this and release this to everybody else, so they don't try and steal it and <laughs> make it. Their well, that's take. the point. You 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 make something up and then we can we can claim it. I know Justin has gone hard on Baby Bearcats. I don't like it. Well, because Baby Boilers. <laughs> nobody gives a crap about. Nobody cares that Purdue is the baby boilers here. Nobody in Cincinnati is paying attention to Purdue. Okay, okay. I just don't. Maybe I think I'm... it's. I think it's. I don't like. I mean, I it's. I don't like it. I'm not a. I'm not a fan of baby Bearcats. Right. Right. Yeah. I. I don't know. I think we'll it's easy. With... I think it's easy. The right. Cincinnati I mean, Bearcats. It's, it's it makes it makes it sound like they're wearing a diaper, like the kid from Memphis. Right. It's, it's right. weird. It's just the weird. Cincinnati Bearcats. I like Bearcats. It sounds like Bearcats. But it just has a different, like you know, and, little... and you could do like like the black cats in football. You could do 
B-E-A-R, capital K-I-D-S. Yeah. I, I think Bear Kids. I think Bear Kids is good. It's got a ring to it. It does. And I think I think you might like to be called, hey, hey, kids, instead of, hey, babies. Right. Exactly. Well, and it, it, they're not all freshmen. So that's why I don't think baby works. Right. Like if it's a, okay. it's if it's all freshmen, like I can see, like, but you got two sophomores in there. Davenport went to prep school. He's like 23. I'm kidding. But like, <laughs> that's that's not a baby. Like that kid was at Moeller when Jackson Hayes was in high school. This is yeah. Jackson Hayes' second year in the NBA. Correct. Yeah. So he's not a baby. Mike Adams went to prep school. He's not a baby. Right. They're bear kids. I like bear kids. You've got a good point. They And, and they all didn't come together in the same recruiting class. Right. Right. Know, so, yeah. They're not a like litter. It. They're a couple right. litters. Pump, pump the bear kids. Pump it. I'm here for it. But still, yes, the bear kids. Eight points. To, pardon me. Seven points for Mike Saunders. I believe that was his career high at the time. Or it might have been eight. No, it was eight. Eight. Yeah. So, eight. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so it wasn't his career high, but it was a career high for Mason with eleven. Career high for Tari, of course, with the twenty. Career high for Jeremiah Davenport with twenty-seven, and I believe it was a career high for Micah as well with sixteen. So, I, that wasn't in the that wasn't in the uh, the vid the visual that they they released. Huh. We will have to check back on that. My our statistician will get on that. Hey, could you get on that? All right, we'll we'll check back with that stat exactly for you guys. But <laughs> other than that, it was a big win. 71-9, pardon me, 91-71. And finally, I, a chance to take a deep breath and win a game convincingly. I mean, I, I don't know. Can you remember the last time that they won a game by at least 20 points, Aaron? It's been a long time. It's been a long time coming. And this is this is one that felt good too, because you were able to kind of continue to wash away that bad taste in your mouth and continue to try and evolve and, and move forward. And, and by the way, the last time they won by 20 or more, East Carolina, January 19th, 2020. Think about everything that's happened since January 19th of last year and now. Ooh, crazy, crazy world. Moving on. Memphis. Memphis. What were your thoughts heading into the Memphis game, Aaron? Because I'm the, inter- the eternal optimist. I saw a, a four and a half point spread and I said, huh, interesting. I do want to update you. Micah Adams Woods, uh, he had 14 last season and this season uh, he had 14 and 13, um, 14 against SMU and that win and uh, 13 against UCF, but it is a career high. And I'm, I'm surprised that they let that one, that they didn't put that one into the. Uh, I think, I think it was on there if I'm thinking correctly. I thought they just had Davenport, Tari, and uh, and Mason. Let me see here. But anyway, while I anyway. look this up, tell me so, what, were your, so, what were your thoughts heading into the Memphis game? I talked about it on the uh, the BCJ after hours because uh, I hopped on for maybe about the last 15 minutes, 20 minutes or so. And I thought they were going to wear us down. They were running, you know, they, they run about 10 deep. And to be honest, like on paper, and top, they're big top to bottom on paper, you know, they, they have a lot of guys that can go off for double digits. And I, I again, I, I mentioned this on the, uh, the after hours, I thought they were just going to wear us down and eventually pull away and pull away big. 
And as they Chad, tried as many Chad, times, as Chad mentioned in the Brendel Bites, like they they went for the haymakers, and they they never really connected. They every time that they looked like they were threatening to pull away, the Bearcats just hung in there. They they they'd make a run, and it was crazy, especially since we had such long spans of time where we didn't score a single point. <laughs> yes, in the we're getting half. killed. We're getting early returns. We're getting killed. Getting killed. Sixty-six percent baby bear cats, thirty-three percent bear kids. Oh gosh! Just let it, let it ride, let it ride. Anyway, anyway. If you're listening to this, go go on Twitter, pull up my timeline. There's a place to vote. Uh, It's improving. Sixty-two percent baby bear cats. 37% 37% bear kids. I wonder if the poll would look the same on BCJ as it would on Twitter, because I feel like you have a lot of people who troll you. Eh, I mean, we also have almost 7,000 UC fans. Okay. Yes. A lot of UC fans, but Mike Adams would scored 16 points against Lipscomb in the opener this year. So I don't know where that was. I, I was looking on ESPN. Yeah, so I so that was so he tied, tied his career high. Sure, tied it. But yeah, I you know heading into Memphis, I looked at the Tigers as a team that turns the ball over a bunch, a team that is in somewhat disarray, and a team coming off their second game back from a two week layoff due to COVID. Well, and the turnovers are the unforced variety more often than not, which yeah is it, crazy. The so. They hang their hat on defense. I thought it was going to be a, a draw it out, tough game, but one where the Bearcats not necessarily ride it to a victory, but kind of ride that that momentum and, and kind of just all the gas that's left in the tank, just try and figure out a way to, to hang tight. And they did. They hung tight for the entire game. Within, you know, it, it was one of those games where it was within five to ten the whole game. But you never really felt like Cincinnati was going to kind of kind of get over the hump. And then you never kind of felt like Memphis was going to ever really blast off and, and blow blow out the Bearcats. I kind of felt like it was going to be within that that score range the entire time until that little lull at the end of the first half. though. Well, so and a lot of people were upset about the starting lineup that we ran and the fact that you had two walk ons starting in the starting lineup. Mm hmm. And that Memphis pulled out to a six nothing lead. The only issue that I have with anything that happened in that first minute or so of gameplay right. is the fact that Penny Hardaway was running a full court press. And that just I don't know. I, I feel like that was kind of against the unwritten rules. I, I know I'm I'm going a little old timey on you with talking about unwritten rules, but I feel like that went a little against the unwritten rules and the fact that the only shots they took during that span of time were threes. <laughs> so I don't know what your thoughts were on that, but I wasn't mad about the fact that we started all seniors and Mamadou for whatever. I, I still don't completely understand any of that, but yeah. Um, yeah. It was surprise senior day. Surprise senior day. I, uh, I'm driving over from Indianapolis. I live in Indianapolis. I don't know how many times I've mentioned it, but I'm mentioning it again. And I'm, I'm driving over and, and rain, horrible rain, the type of rain where 
you're driving in the car in front of you, splashing it up against your windshield, and it just it sucks. Sunday morning sucked. It was bad. It sucked. Most so of bad. the day. And then news news hits on Twitter. Just you know, there's a graphic of Mamadou with with the seniors. There's a graphic that it's senior day, and and boy oh boy, I've got this little thing. And, and kids, don't do this at home if you're behind the wheel. But I've got this thing in my car where it like says like. Hey, driver, looks like you're a little sleepy. You're like, you know, you're drifting a little bit. And that <laughs> that reminded me a couple times. It's like, hey, get some rest, driver. <laughs> and it was bad. But, uh, yeah. So we were able to get the tweets out about that. Practice safe driving. I had, you know, seatbelt on. But still, it was a lot of surprises, man. You know, all of a sudden it's senior day. All of a sudden you see Mama Dudiara who, you know, a redshirt junior, yes. He already graduated, yes. But I, I don't recall many other times that a junior, even one that has been graduated, has has you know kind of had his senior day on that day unless they were intending to go pro and it was known. Um, it's a bit unprecedented, for sure. Definitely, definitely a bit unprecedented. I didn't have anything wrong with the starting all seniors because if I was a coach, I'd do the same thing. Correct. Um. Maybe first dead ball, you know, first whistle. They did go. They did let it go a little long, but it was fine. Yeah, I mean it. For me, it was six, just again. It, for me, it was just the full court press and and yeah. nothing but threes. They took advantage of the situation, and while that's definitely within their right, and he did nothing wrong per se, yeah. just just seemed a little cheap. It's Penny Hardaway, and they need a win, so. He, he has a bad taste in his mouth for Cincinnati anyway. Terry Nelson was talking about it on the radio that every yeah. time he sees him, first thing he does is just throw up a four. <laughs> I used to joke with Al- I, I used to joke with Alex Lomax about that when UC was recruiting Lomax. And I would be like, you didn't tell Penny that Cincinnati is recruiting you, right? Because he ain't going to let that happen. <laughs> no. No. And that's another big thing. Alex Lomax Penny, being Penny, out. To- Penny was the coach of his AAU team, Team Penny. Uh, so when I would talk to him at AAU events, we would it became a running joke between me and Alex. Great kid. I love that kid. It was a big deal that he was out because he is the heartbeat of that Memphis team. Nothing narcissistic in that name there. No, Nothing to worry about there. <laughs> it's AAU, dude. It's Penny. Everything is Team somebody. Everything about Penny is Penny. He's Penny fucking Hardaway. I of get it. It is. I'm just saying, nothing narcissistic there. He I, he he had a, a mini me. Your head Little might explode. Penny. Your head might explode because you don't understand the branding of I, Penny no, Hardaway. I get it. I get it. And they even talked about on the, again going back to the radio telecast or the radio cast. Um, they talked about the fact that they had a whole new. Uh, set of commercials to be released with Chris Rock and Lil Penny and all that, but yeah. they waited. But they waited because of COVID. Oh. Yeah, I mean it's Penny, of course. Yeah, I, I, I'd name all my kids Penny. Yeah, the fact not, that his kids' names what Jalen or, not, or uh, not dime, not dime or nickel Jaylen. or quarter. No, Penny. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, just, Did you, just I found Google. out today. You know, did you know that the penny is not actually a penny in America? What? It's not the penny. There's nothing that references. If you look at it, it says one cent. Yeah. You know why? Do you know why it says one cent? I don't. 
because it's one percent of a dollar. Wow, Chad. Wow. Oh my goodness, that is great. Penny is penny is the term used in England. We okay. do not use that. We do not use that term here. We use one cent officially. Does the nickel say nickel or the dime say dime? I don't think that's a thing no. either. Five cents. Ten cents. Five percent. Ten cents. Ten percent. Well, you now, catch on. You catch on fast, Aaron. There's a chain shortage anyway, and nobody uses cash, so it's all credit. It's all, it's all going away. Crypto. The 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 the, the quarter says quarter dollar. And invest in Dogecoin and and Bitcoin. Crypto is the next thing. Well, and uh, and that new Top Shots in the NBA. <laughs> the dime says one dime. I'm, I'm surprised. One, I, didn't, one I didn't think it said a dime. Very good. Speaking of dimes, the penny, one cent. Oh wow! <laughs> I'm keeping this bed going. I learned something today. So speaking I, of dimes, Brent, you know where I, you know where I learned it, Brent? Yes, where? Watching YouTube clips of Pawn Stars. Oh, uh, yeah. Interesting. Yep. 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 You know what could be worth a good amount of money? What, Brett? You take it to the pawn shop, maybe a nice lock of Mikey Saunders' hair after the game he had against Memphis. He wants to be called Ice Mike. Mr. Ice, Ice Mike. Mike. Mike Ice. Mike Ice. Ice Mike. No, Ice, Ice Mike. Mike. Ice Whatever Mike. That's it's his Twitter handle. It's been his Twitter handle forever. Yeah. Well, there was a poll. It, it doesn't flow. We got. I got to work with Mikey on that. So, somebody put up a poll asking what we should call him, Mikey or MSJ, and he said he he actually came into the poll. It, uh, I believe yeah. the it was by like Neil Slayton, and uh, Ice Mike. He said no, Ice Mike. Don't be giving people shout outs on the podcast. I'm. I, I mean, it was. I didn't make the poll. Somebody on Twitter. <laughs> I let you shout out your own podcast last week. Photographic memory gets me. I, I, I'm not. I, I don't know the guy. I'm just Twitter friends with him. <laughs> but we'll see how bad friends you are, whether or not he listens and he hears his name get shouted out on the podcast. Find out. Because <laughs> if he doesn't mention that he got shouted out, then on he's the podcast, not listening. Then you're not friends because he's not listening. <laughs> then he Brent becomes. Is get, Brent That's is getting point. really frustrated that I keep taking this thing off the rails. No. No. <laughs> I, 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 did three, I did I did three hours of radio today. I'm all over the place. That's when hey, Neil, that's good. That's when Neil, all over the place. That's when Neil Slayton becomes guy on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> guy on Twitter when he's not listening. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, yeah. So Neil, uh, you better guy, check in, bro. You better <laughs> check in. Guy on Twitter did say Mike Ice was able to, uh, or Ice Mike. Ice Mike. It was able flow. to have. Ice Mike. I don't disagree. It doesn't flow. Ice Mike. Ice you Mike. Can, you can you can put the emphasis on how many syllables you want, but it doesn't flow. Ice I'm Mike. trying, trying to make it work. What was working was uh, the icy game. Icy, 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 Mikey. Mikey. Mikey Ice. Mikey Ice. Mikey Ice. Mikey Ice. I kind of like. Mikey Ice. Hey, Mikey Ice. Or even Icy just, Mikey. Is I, it's still better. I see Mike. I see Mike. I don't. I, I see Mike. I think you got to put the at least. I don't think two Y's work. I think one works. Maybe maybe he's Mike. saying like he's saying like I see Mike. Like I see no. Mike. But you don't see him because he's so fast. Woo! Good segue. Good segue. So fast. Nineteen points in a hurry. 
had a personal eight nothing run. Something I didn't expect to tweet about young Mike Ice, Icy Mike. I I asked my friend this after the game because I was trying to think: Have we ever had a point guard like this? Like, who's the closest thing that you Devin could... Downey? Yes. Devin Downey. Devin Downey could could really really score. So Mike's got Dude. little ways to go. The Devin two, Downey was fast, bro. The two, so fast. the two names we came up with were Kenny Satterfield and Keith Agree, and I, I don't think either of those were fair. Like, just I don't different either. Different builds. Kenny yeah, Devin Downey and yeah. my, and Mike is a couple inches tall. Downey was five seven, five eight. Yeah, Mikey's, have, Mikey's probably six foot. Man, Downey. Was I mean, fun he to could watch. grow hair. Downey was. Downey would, would have been an all-timer at UC if he would have stuck oh, yeah. around. But we okay. had to play South Carolina, the NIT, and then, oh, oh no, no Andy Kennedy. Then he says, oh, I want to go home. But anyway, it's another story. Mike Saunders in this one, though. Uh, you know, 19 points. Mike Saunders you, in this one, though. He's trying so hard to keep it. You guys road, know. Right? Hey, 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 guys. Here, here's, the, here's the question for you. Take a guess. Take a wild guess. Last time, and, and I know this season has kind of bizarre circumstances, but when is the last time that the Bearcats featured two freshmen that scored 19 or more points in one game throughout the season? I don't know the answer there. I know somebody was trying to look at when the last time was a, a freshman point guard did something like this, and names that came up were, uh, were Cash and I think even his was his high his freshman year was only like fourteen, I believe. Um, and the other name that came up, I want to say I can't remember tweet off the top of my head. Um, I don't remember which. Uh, it wasn't Troy. Um, I can't remember what the other one was. Well, I, see, I believe Cash his high. His freshman year, 24 points. Was it 24? Goodness. And guess who else was also a freshman that year? Pray do tell. Lance Stevenson. One and, and done. Lance, Lance scored 23 points at Georgetown for his high on the year. He had another 21-point game against UConn, 22 against at Xavier. That was a fun game, bad result. But still. But his high is a Bearcat. His high as a Bearcat was 23 against at, at Georgetown. Again, that they desperately needed to win because we all know what happened after, after that in the conference tournament. West Virginia banked in three. I punched a hole in a wall. But that's a different story for a different day. That was the last time two freshmen scored 19 or more. So this is kind of an awkward, you know, strange season. But still, we're talking about, you know, this is this is some some high – level of freshmen that are really showing out. This is one of the best defenses in the entire country against two fantastic shot blockers down low. One who's, who's an elite shot blocker who will be playing in the NBA because of that trait in Musa Cisse. But it's, it's just crazy to see Mikey having the ability to get into the lane, finish with the right or the left hand. And then all of a sudden Mike Saunders, the marksman insane Aaron. You just come up with that. No, I tweeted it a couple times. <laughs> uh, it's really fun to see the fact that 
I mean, even I think what three, four games ago, Saunders was still just timid with the ball in his hands, was not going to be the guy to shoot the ball. And, you know, I think uh, Dockage, the last game Dockage did for us, which uh, would have been what, Tulsa? Um, I think he was commenting on the fact that they're daring him to shoot the ball around the arc. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, he's not afraid. He's not afraid to drive on you. He's not afraid to shoot. And it's it's kind of like the fact that DeJulius is gone and now he's got the ball in his hands and he's controlling the flow of the game. And you're seeing just a whole different confidence, especially now that he's made some of those threes. You know, he, I think he started the season 0 for 8 from behind the arc. And now he's, you know, started to hit some of those shots over the course of the last few games. And it's just been, you know, I mean, he put on a show against Memphis. We haven't seen that side of Mike Saunders yet this year. And I don't want to ever see the other side of Mike Saunders again, to be completely honest. No, no. I mean, what what he was doing is he's showing that 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 speed is starting to get controlled. Chad's mentioned it a couple times, just that, you know, once he's able to know how to harness and use his elite level of speed is when he's going to really take his game to the next level. And we're seeing it happen right in front of our eyes, which is just awesome to see. You know, there. That what did I say last week? You said it last week. What What did I say last week? When he slows down and, and doesn't Not slows down, it's learning pace in the half court. Right. Learning how to learning counters, learning to set up the speed, and we saw that in the half court against Memphis. But here's the other thing that we didn't really talk a ton about because it hadn't happened yet. Right. That happens when you start banging threes. Yeah. Because a guy with his speed. They can bang threes or drive on you, like take you from zero to a hundred. Right. Quick. Right. That's that. Yeah. That's the point. Like if, if he can not only hit that catch and shoot, but also hit a closeout with the hesitation, the pump fake, the hesitation. Now, now what do you, you're, you're so in the middle lost on what you're going to do with him. And that's when he puts you on the deck gets to the rim and finishes through contact like we saw a couple times against Memphis. And because he's so fast, he was drawing a ton of fouls, too. Yep. I mean, Cissé, you mentioned Cissé. Cissé's got a 9-4 standing wingspan, which is insane. That kid live? Holy shit. Big boy. That's insane. He looked like he could tie his shoes standing up. He probably could. He was ridiculous length. Like, that kid, that kid's body, like the way he's built, if he keeps working and he can develop some offense, he's going to play in the NBA a long time. If Taco made it to the NBA, he'll be fine. <laughs> Just saying. If either of us had Taco's height, we'd all we'd be in the NBA as well. But seven seven is a little bit of a different deal, Aaron. I'm nine so, four standing wingspan is a different deal. Nah, it ain't seven seven, bro. John Reek had a nine four standing wingspan. <laughs> I shook his hand. Did he say his fing- his finger? No, John Taco. Reek. John oh. Reek. When he, you know, you're probably too young for John Reek. A John Reek reference. His, his fingers went up to almost my elbow when I he came for a, a game during his recruitment. So he shook your forearm. Yeah, he shook my forearm. His palm <laughs> went in my hand, and his fingers went up my forearm. That John, was a giant human. John Reek was my Facebook profile pic for a while. And then I was like, wait, what am I doing? He has seen 27 rains. 
<laughs> okay. Very good. Aaron, I don't think Aaron's heard that story. Should I tell that story? You've heard it, right, Brent? Yeah. yeah go ahead and tell. Yeah. Okay. So we were, t- it was actually about John Reek, which makes it apropos. Uh, yeah. We were talking with one of the guys that's like the, one of the biggest names in a- the AAU scene. And we were talking about, it was at the time that the African kids really started uh, showing up on the AAU scene and becoming a factor. John Reek was one of those guys. And we were joking at the time because it, some of them, they listed comically young, comically young. John Reek was listed as like a 17 year old. That kid probably had a, a wife and six kids back in Africa. So like Manute Bowl when Manute Bowl came in. No, no, no. Manute Bowl's face didn't look like John Reek. John Reek. John Reek. Think David Narsuk and then think even older. Think David Narsuk's uncle. Okay. So th- this guy's telling the story. He's like, you know how like these kids are trained when they come over to like when people ask them how old they are. How old are you? I am 16 years old. So in Africa, there's there's a rainy season and the rainy season happens once a year. And that's how they measure in like the the, you know, the wilderness of Africa. That's how they measure years is by the rainy season. So you ask them, how old are you? I am 16 years old. How many rains have you seen? I have seen 27 rains. (laughs) Which means he's 27, and then you add the years, and then you have to do more math. You take the 27 years, then you add how long he's been in America to the year, how many rains he's seen, and that's how old they actually are. Now, is that how many rains he's seen or how many rains he remembers? Because if you're going off it. True. I mean, that's an interesting point. He might have forgot three or four rains. Well, I was going to say, I mean, you don't really start remembering until you're like, what, three or four. So, Right. I'm sure the, the elders of the community kept track of how many rains he had seen. But um yeah, John Reek was like 36. <laughs> it's yeah. it's almost as good as my I used to joke that Greg Oden was uh Robert Parrish's uncle. He was so old. Yeah. Greg he had that bad. face. His he body did. Greg had that face. His body betrayed him so fast. That's because he, he had osteoporosis. Oof. But that was a that was a, God, a, a I of love I am I am working hard at derailing every segment of this podcast. Oh no, it I'm here. I, I love this conversation. I am putting in work tonight. It's good. I'm not, it's good. I'm not sure which one of us has more ADD, ADHD. And Brent over here just keeps trying to go back. And I'm like, no, tell me more. Tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's good. It's good. I like it. Just he's three lying. guys chatting about basketball. That's all we're he's, doing. When we hang up tonight, Aaron, he's going to be so pissed. <laughs> no, it's it's March. This is what we're supposed to do. Da, 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 da. Don't do pay, that anymore. Don't you like copyrights. Brent, people have ears, man. People have ears. Well, well, but some they people see that. are listening. Some people are listening to this with headphones, and you literally just blew their eardrums out. But but they can see it with a little the little thing. So I, I like, like oh, his here energy. Comes a really loud part. I like his energy. Yeah. We don't want to hear about your little thing. Oh, oh man. All right. <laughs> Moving forward. Moving forward. Um, speaking of little thing, there was only 45 seconds, a very little amount of time left in this basketball game. <laughs> and then one of the crazier closings to a game I've ever seen happen. And, and Aaron, I want you to, to, to walk me through what you thought during that time. I, I need you to repeat the question. I'm still back on your segue from little thing, man. Well, 45 seconds, very little time. 
Very, very little things. It's like Rick Pitino in an Italian so, restaurant. <laughs> oh God, I'm not even touching that. So yes, that yeah. was a very short time. Like Rick Pitino in an choice. Italian restaurant. Very short time. So I, I will say I did send a text out during that last minute of the game, and I said, "Mamadou's in. We've given up this game. There's ten points." If Mamadou is in as the center, we've given up this game. Why is Tari not in? It didn't make any sense to me. Mamadou was in. Because not and then all of a sudden, out. Well, then he hits the three and gets He's the steal. He's in pressure the ball on the inbounds. That's it why was, it was crazy. I, I would not have you – you could have given me 400 to 1 odds to make that bet that Mamadou scores five points right there in that final minute. And I would never have taken that bet. Yeah. I mean, that was the whole mama do just fantastic closing to what he was in, in, been able to do where, you know, you kind of see mama. That do, was say, awful. What, what was that? He's costing you so much in royalties on this podcast. Stop it. That, that is literally, it's, it's a thing that I've seen on Twitter. I, and I like it. It's the queen. It's the queen, you know. Mama, you know, I do. Anyway, I know exactly what it is. Back to it. That was a great close to a game, and you saw Mama do splash three, which is what we've seen numerous times throughout. But I was just happy he had that moment. Trying to close it out and trying to win a game that was pretty much unwinnable at that point. Memphis right. made free throws. Speaking of yeah. moments that we're happy to have, I'm happy yes. that we were able to give Dad this moment because – he had a really shitty day prior to all of this. No, it was an okay day. Like, if there's there's stuff I have to deal with in the in the day to day process of doing this job, but I did need to like laugh and like goof around tonight, and I've taken it kind of to the extreme and at Brent's expense because every time he goes, "All right, well, back to," I I I get a little bit more happy inside. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I'm just I happy agree. we were able to do this. Way, way to play along, Brent. I'm I'm very happy too. Very happy. Um, happy with with the progress that the team made over the past week. Happy with the eternal optimist. Happy with the future of this youth. Happy with what we have been starting to slowly see transpire. Happy with Keith Williams. You know, you're talking 19 points. You're talking five rebounds, six assists, three blocks, two steals. You know, doing everything could try and win in the end, but still. A loss, eighty to seventy-four, but you can definitely see some some little gl- glimmers of hope, some light at the end of the tunnel, if you will. Yes, I agree. So the fact that we were even <laughs> in that game at the end of the at the end of the the game, though, like I didn't think there was a, a shot in hell that we were even gonna like. It, it, we made it interesting. It came down to free throws, you know, kind of beating that drum again, right? Like, right. and and you know, we they made more than. Than we did. They, they slashed him in. The high authority. But Ice Mike is here, and uh, so is the uh, BBP mailbag. Aaron, we got to get into this quickly. Chad, you're not some... you're not getting into the football news of the day. Yes, let's get into the football news of the day. Uh, well, you guys usually you usually end with the the the, the mailbag. Agree. Right. I didn't know if you were going mailbag then football or football then mailbag. Is the football news of the day is what? What is the football news of the day? Chad? Or were you going to incorporate the football news into the mailbag? Jakari uh, Robinson in the transfer portal. Zach Hummel yes. in the transfer portal. Michael Lindauer in the transfer portal. 
yes, those were, there is a question right here about that, which was going to kind of be worked in, but still, yeah, let's, I mean, let's touch on it right now. Um, you have a player in Jake Renfro who comes in as a center, as the goal is being the starting center, as a goal is being, this is your position, hone in and become the best that you can at it. He wins the job. Jakari had a great career with Cincinnati. Jakari stepped in admirably for the, against Georgia. But still, you see both Jakari entered the transfer portal and Zach Hummel, who was, I, I guess, technically the third string center, the uh, scout team center that kind of really blossomed during the, the bowl practices a couple of year, years ago. But still, you're seeing them enter the transfer portal and you're seeing Michael Lindauer, who is, who is probably seeing himself he was right there as the third string quarterback during last season is what people were saying. But I can imagine at this point now it's, it is, he's been passed by Evan Prater, Ben Bryant, obviously. I, I don't agree with that. You don't think so? You got spring football. Go do your thing. Right. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. And sometimes Jeff, the writing's on the wall though. And Jeff, if you, well, if you, if you personally that- feel like you, you, you're giving it your all, and you want to see, you know, if you don't think that you can continuously push even further. But here's the thing. He can't go anywhere right now and participate in the spring. So he's giving Class up started, spring football. Yeah. Right. Like he's giving up spring football because the semester is already, you know, halfway done or whatever. Um, but Ch- Chad, didn't we see a player last year? Um I think it was Javon Hawes, maybe, who was still practicing with the team with his name in the portal. That that some of these things are agreed upon. Right. Some of them are, are not. I don't think Lindauer was expected today. I think they fully felt that Lindauer would show up in the spring and compete with Prater and push Prater, and, and those two would push Dez yeah. for that backup job. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that one's a surprise. Let's be the, honest. The stuff like, at center, like Renfro, I get, man. Like, Renfro's it's got to be, it's got to, so well, good. one, Renfro, Renfro's good. Renfro's going to play center in the NFL, I think. Yeah. Um, it's got to be hard when a freshman comes in and, and starts over, like, it, it wins the job, claims yeah. the job. That's got to be difficult. I get that. If I'm Lindauer, like, you got a chance to fight to be the backup. If, Des is a running quarterback. Des turns an ankle and he's out two weeks. Like he, he's you got been a chance. Injured. Yeah, he, you got he a has chance. an injury history. You got a chance to be the quarterback for a top ten team in the country. Stay and fight. That's that's my take on that. I, I yeah. I the the Lindauer one perplexes me a little bit because I just thought at least through spring ball, yeah, you stay and fight. And if if you know if you stay and fight and and Prater wins the job and you reevaluate at the end of the spring. Sure. But if, but you at least find out, right. Yeah. I mean, it's weird also. Cause I mean, Brady Lichtenberg's not there yet. Right. I mean, you've literally got two quarterbacks, not counting walk-ons and that's it. <laughs> it is interesting. There's, there's no doubt about that. So do you think he ends up at a uh, emu with Ben Bryant? <laughs> Why would he do that? <laughs> I'll be interested to see. Maybe Sometimes. maybe head home. <laughs> Close to home. I don't know. But 
Yeah, that was a that was some jarring news. I when I saw Jakari, I kind of thought it was a grad transfer route, which it ended up being. And then I saw Zach Hummel, and I said, "Huh? Well, I mean, Hummel had a chance to be the backup center, and you know, we've seen Renfro out in the, of the Peach Bowl, and, and Jakari has to step in." You know, and, and Chad, one of the mailbag questions is who is now going to be that backup center? And I mean, a hell of a question. I mean, I, I, I was, I was looking at it today. Like Woodside has um, Woodside was kind of trending towards that before Hummel made the move from the defensive line over and proved capable. Yeah. Uh, so I think Woodside would probably be the first option. The guy I'm curious about would be Marcelo Mendiola. Yeah, they're trying to figure out somewhere for him. Right. Like, guard is really crowded and about to get a lot more crowded as things continue Right, uh, with the way that they're recruiting. Um, I, w- I would be interested to see, can Mendiola handle snapping the ball? Yeah. I mean, I like, they've tried Jeremy Cooper there, and that's a no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> he was not – he was not a natural – at uh, putting his head between his legs and snapping the ball. He, he was, that was not something that came naturally for him. It's and not for everyone. That is one of those things. Like, either you can do it or you can't do it, right? <laughs> and, and by golly, Jake Renfro can do it, and he can do it very, very well. So, as long as Jake doesn't get hurt, hopefully don't see too much of an effect from that. Uh, but like always, best of luck to all of them. Um, it's, it is tough news to always see someone enter the portal. I don't know. Some are, some are expected, some are not. The, the three today, I don't believe we're expected. See, see Jakari, I kind of thought. I was surprised we didn't see Jakari earlier. I thought he would, he would again, be a guy that stuck it out through spring um, yeah. and, and see where it went. Matt Drill started today, so we're going to have some interesting questions for Brady next week about what oh, happened I know. today at Matt oh, Drill. People, people <laughs> tweeting about Hell Week is hilarious to see. I love it. Love it. <laughs> yeah, like Chris Scott saying, like, whoever came up with Matt Drills in, in Hell Week, and, is, you know, I, I really want to just have a conversation with you. His name's <laughs> Brady hilarious. Collins, and we'll, we'll talk to him next Monday. Can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> That'll be great. That'll be great. But, yeah, I mean, I, the portal is always weird because it's, you know, we've seen Wild Wild West in basketball. It's not quite hit that level in football, but. I don't know. I think it's got a tendency to. There's less teams. I hope. I hope it doesn't get to that level. But yes, just best of luck to all of them who have, who have left, and and hopefully they find a spot and and they continue to have a good finish to their careers. So staying on the offensive line, uh, Koch1948 says, could Mets ever play right tackle, or is his footwork athleticism not there? Um, they've tried him at right tackle some. He's just. He moves better left, right? Yeah. Like I, some guys, when you're when you're trying to to do the footwork, Mets moves better to his left, which is his you know the more natural side, than he does to his right. Does he still so, jump early on the right though? Yeah, I mean, all you have to do is say his name and he'll jump. So, <laughs> getting some uh, back to Lindauer real quick, getting some information. Yeah. I, I think I think it might be a sport specific deal. Baseball. Yeah. Hmm. So scratch yeah. what I said before. 
So he I, he was a really good pitcher. Interesting. There there was trust me the, the 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 staff, Coach Guggins and the staff at UC were uh, working very hard his entire time here to get him to play baseball at UC. So it might be a baseball thing more than a go football. Go back to Evansville and and be an ace for the Evansville Purple Aces. How about that? That was right up your alley. I put that on a T for you. you Good did. job. Thank you. For as much that. for as much as I have tortured you on this podcast tonight, you redeemed your you, you got me back on that one right there. Good work. Gotcha. So so Jack513, this is my favorite question in the mailbag. And and probably the one I did too much research on. But uh starting five in basketball, if you could only pick players from the current football roster. Yep. Aaron, did you do any research on this one? I did very little research, I'll be completely honest, but I did give some thought to it. Okay. So I didn't check to see if these guys played hoops or not um, okay. outside of any information I already knew going into it. Yep. So we got to see the video of Beavers last week. Okay. So, so I put him at my four just for fun. I like that. I put him at my four. Uh, nah, 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 nah. Chad, this is my top five. Now Chad, yours. I've got the starting five. I've got the correct answer. Um, okay, keep going. Prater, I put as a long, a long, a long three or two, um, okay. you know, kind of somewhere in there. I'm thinking Trey Tucker could kind of be that fast guy at the one Okay. for fun. Um, I think Mets would be my five just to have, um, you know, yeah. that big guy. Uh, he kind of reminds me of the, the guy from Space Jam, the big, the big yellow orange one that's just yep. big and bulky in there just to, okay. you know, do what he needs to do there. Um, and then I just got one more spot. Um, I feel like Des has to be on that team somewhere because I think he'd – he'd. so I think him and Prater both being on there at the 2-3 and intermingle in their switch, whatever. Um, okay. I dig it. So here's here's the starting pot. <laughs> Point guard is going to be Sammy Anderson. Very the good cor- basketball player. The cornerback averaged 21 points, five rebounds, five assists, four steals, and hit 44% from long range. Yep, he did too much research. Senior, and he, of course, won a state title as a basket as a basketball player as well. At the two will be Sammy Adam was Prater. Sammy. Sammy was a dude in basketball. Sammy was a dude. At the two, we've got Evan Prater. For everything that you mentioned, I like his length, athleticism, he could have played in the MAC, is what a lot of people have said. Nailed it. At the three is going to be his brother, Garen Prater. Everyone loves the you know, little family connection on the court. Well played. Garen is six foot six. As a senior, he averaged 17 points per game, six rebounds. He'd be a good wing, a, a, a good size. And sticking with the size, I'm going to go with two, two players that are coming in that'll be freshmen next year on the football team, and that is Shimon Matire. Oh, so you cheated. Come on. How is that cheating? You went They're with the guys on- that aren't there yet. They're currently on the roster. Ah, they're signed. They're signed. That makes them. That locks them in. I, 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 I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Thank you. So, so Matire, he had a triple double earlier this year, averaging around sixteen and nine this season as a senior. And then, of course, the big man down low. I'm going with Luke Collinsworth. He is his high school's all-time leading rebounder. Has scored over 1,000 points and is just a big, mean, and nasty center. Let's go and play some ball. So knowing you put this much research in everything, who are the people that wouldn't be 
those two guys. Uh, well, I so Chris Scott was I, another good player. I knew you had him, man. Chris Scott was a good player. Darian Beavers, obviously, we saw that video. Lenny Taylor averaged about 13-9 and nine his senior year. Lenny's a good uh, one. Wiley Smith, was really good. I, I was going to say Wiley would be another guy there. Wiley Smith did, had D1 interest. I don't think in Wiley basketball. played his senior year, did he? No, he sat out to get ready yeah. for football. But as a junior, he was really good on a very yeah. good LaSalle team. Now, and, it's the GCL. They only score 40 points a game. Right. So if you average eight points a game in the GCL, that's, that's good, like 19 points a game yeah. playing regular basketball. I don't know if I'm going to get a spot to, to fit this in anywhere else since it's not in the mailbag, which honestly surprised the hell out of me. But what about Coleraine being endorsed with Jumpman? I mean, a lot of that you realize is like not real. Well, I mean, there is some some of that, but you already have people saying that West Side Jesus, if he was here, has a sign back up with Jordan. My my old I high school is sponsored by Jordan. <laughs> it's nothing. But uh anyway. Basically, what being sponsored by Jordan in high school means is Jordan brand allows you to buy their merchandise. I just, yeah. to make a side, I just want to make a West Side Jesus joke. I know. That's why I hate you. <laughs> Blue Smith, Jonathan Allen, Rob Jackson, incoming defensive end, six foot six with the seven two wingspan. A lot of good basketball players on this. Way to push through, Brent. Way to push through. Gotcha. Chad, anything? Uh, I, I would go Sammy a point. I would go Javon Hicks at the two. Okay. A little, a little Kevin Johnson in him, athletic. Tough yep. nose defender. 100%. Ooh. Well played, sir. Um, I, I, I would like, I, because there, Hicks was trending towards being a basketball recruit uh, mm-hmm. until he decided to, to devote his time to football. So I would go Hicks at the two, Prater at the three for sure. I would go, I think, Wiley at the four, because I like somebody at the four that everybody else wants to fight. Okay. And everybody wants to fight Josh Wiley because he talks so much shit. You also okay. love giving him more shit than I think anybody on the team. Oh, without question. The the, the Brendel Wiley rivalry is thriving. Thriving. Mm-hmm. But that's that it honestly is because Josh is just a funny kid. Like he has he can take it. He has a good sense of humor. Like we go back and forth. Um the five, I'm gonna be controversial. Okay. Because he's technically not on the team anymore. Darius Harper. There you go. Played D1 yeah. basketball. Played yeah. a lot his freshman year until there was a coaching change. Uh, Darius Harper at the five. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a pretty good team. Chris Scott, you could make an argument, a point guard for Chris Scott. Blue Smith, we just don't know. Like, if he was healthy, I probably would go blue at the four, right? Blue averaged 12 and 8 as a senior. And on a team that didn't score a lot. Yeah. Um, there, There's a lot of basketball talent on the – that's one – and it's one – Luke Fickle looks for that. Yeah. Like, it's not an accident that there's guys that wrestle and play baseball and play basketball and, and, do, and do a lot of different things on this team because Luke wants guys that are multi-positional, multi uh, – you know, faceted athletes that, that, that translate into more than one sport. Why? Because those kids compete, right? That's, that's why you play 
three sports, like because you're always looking to get out there and win. Yep. And Mateo's like that. That kid can play basketball. Like yeah. he can really play basketball. Who? Um, it, it, there's there's a bunch. You can put a pretty damn good. Like you could probably put two pretty good teams out there against each other good. in good. this program right now playing pickup ball. Like be right. How deep are you running though? Like 10 deep, 12 deep? No, like you seven, like an seven, AAU eight. team, seven or eight. You okay. could you could find probably 15 guys in this football program that can really play basketball. There's sure. no doubt. There's no doubt. Yeah, I mean, you saw uh, Evan tweet at hey uh at go yeah. Bearcast men's basketball. You guys, you guys need one. <laughs> something like that and, and blue laughed laughed about it so basketball is definitely heavy on all the players minds because i mean you know you saw brady talk about it with the beavers highlight you know it's these guys love love other sports you know and, and they look for that in their recruits so well and coach, coach likes to recruit people who he's seen play in person right sure yes and uh that will move us on to top five coaches in football i'm i'm just gonna say just give us three Three coaches. I think this one's pretty easy. That if they had to p- play their position, that they are the coach for right now, who could go out and, and do well right now? And I mean, I have my three. I think it's pretty easy. Well, it says, uh, number one's number one's the easiest for sure. It says okay. football, so I want Cliff Kingsbury. Well, no, no. UC on, on coaches. Uh, well, it didn't say that. It just said top five in football. It's a UC podcast, Aaron. Uh, Greg we'll, let you, we'll, let, we'll let you think. Yeah. I, uh, Scruggs, Scruggs is easy. He's, he's still not that far removed. No. And I've seen him yeah. line up against some of these defensive ends and like drills and uh, they can't hang with Greg Scruggs. Like he, he's still got it. If he really wanted to be in the NFL still, I think he could be in the NFL still. Yeah. Um, you, you mentioned Collins. Brady just just be a professional weightlifter. I mean, where's Brady going to play? Running back? No, fullback. Mike Allstott style. <laughs> okay, I can see Brady as a fullback. Line up, just hammer. Nobody know. run. I mean, you run a triple option with Brady leading the way. Okay. I've got I've got Mike Brown, wide receiver, All American at two positions. Yep. And and he's still running sprints after after practice. He he looks yeah. like he still got it. Yeah, and then and then we all saw a video that we all loved, Gino. And that is, of course, Gino Gadulli. Of course, it's Gino. Gino's Gino's right there with Scruggs is the number one option. Gino could go. I think Gino could go out and have a decent little game if he's got a good offensive line in front of him right now. I, I'm not sure that Luke as long would, as he didn't have to move. I'm not right. sure Luke, Luke wouldn't go out and hit somebody though. Yeah, I'll line up a little. Yeah, I, I agree a little. He's, Kind of crazy. He's, he's he's lost some girth to him. So, you know, lining up a defensive tackle would be tough. But, but he, he hasn't lost the will to, to fight. No, not at all. Now, wrestling, I think he, he could go out and just dominate everyone. No doubt. Oh, yeah, that wouldn't. That's we've heard stories of Freeman trying to mess with them and Luke yeah. tie him up, tying him in a pretzel like and Freeman is was still in very good shape and he had no chance 
Right. We've also seen video of Luke doing the pull-ups in the in the locker room. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, I I would Luke and Brown would be a, a really a really tough battle for third for me because I Scruggs I think is is number one. Like, yeah. I I do legit think Scruggs if he wanted to could could be like a a, P, a, a sec like a backup end in the nfl and the dude won two super bowls yeah like that's that's pretty damn relevant well when we talk to brady next week let it be known that i was the only one who didn't sell out on him I, it's not that i'm selling out on him but like there's some serious options in this group we can ask him i think this would be a follow-up question this would be a great question for brady i think this yeah. is a great follow-up we'll, we'll hang on to this one for next week Fantastic. Let's do some quick hitters because we're getting pretty deep into this. Um, Chad, are we heating up said. the uh, oven anytime soon? Uh, you know, I'm not saying no. Okay. Good answer. Right. Good answer. Uh, you could, you could, you could maybe take your pick. Oh, okay. And figure out a couple guys that might be Bearcats. Okay. Sooner okay. rather than later. I like We're going to leave it at that. We're going to leave it at that. Um, what's that one's going to be? That one's going to be figured. That's one of my worst clues ever. Yeah, the way I know. this I crowd like is, it. that's going to be figured out in three seconds. If they listen this far, because we haven't lost them already with our ADD. That's fine. That's good. <laughs> I think that's we've done well. Good. We've done well. Somebody's going to listen to this far, and they're going to know exactly. Who I'm talking about. Don't throw it on the boards. Make everybody else listen. Don't throw it on the boards. <laughs> I, agree. I agree. But uh, what's up in the there AAC? Is, there is, there is uh, this weekend a virtual junior day. Oh. Because this is usually junior day season where, where you know, the, the next group uh, get a chance to, to, to be wined and dined by UC. There is a virtual version of junior day this week, another one on the 27th this week, Saturday, the sixth, all the commits are expected to attend virtually. Alex Afari, Caleb Ooh. Perry, top six for Afari, Caleb Perry. Okay. Jonathan Thompson are the three players attending uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Okay. Brian, Brian Parker. Okay. Josh Caddis. Mm -hmm. And Tommy McIntosh. Okay. okay. Are the three players that will be uh, attending the virtual junior day for the sixth. Uh, I did get word that a certain quarterback uh, from Kentucky could be attending the virtual junior day on the 27th. Also got word that that certain quarterback from Kentucky took a self-planned, uh, self-funded trip to the UC campus with his mom recently, oh. and and both came away very impressed with what they saw on their trip. That certain quarterback from Kentucky would be maybe the highest recruit in UC football history. Easter egg, Easter egg. I heard right there's an. Corner, I heard there's. Is. I heard there's an opening at quarterback. 
So <laughs> yeah, numbers yeah. numbers are fluctuating a little <laughs> bit right now. Yes, very. But much so. Gavin Wimsatt is is who we're talking about, and uh, yes. he is he is a top one hundred prospect. UC mm-hmm. is very high on his list. Uh, he likes UC. UC likes him. Things are nowhere close to uh, coming to an end in Gavin Wimsatt's recruitment. Yep, but. The two sides uh, are very fond of each other so far. Hope that answers your question, Blazing Bearcat. Yep, that, that was more uh, than he got a lot more than he bargained for uh, on that question. I'm just in a good mood. We, we've had I a like fun it. podcast. We've had a fun podcast. So I spilled out probably more than than I should have uh, hey. in that in that part. But if you've stuck around with us for an hour and forty you're minutes, <laughs> you're welcome. Keep it off the boards. <laughs> Tell them that they have to listen. Yeah, you got to listen. You want to figure it out, you got to listen. Don't give it away free, even though we just kind of did whatever. So, Cock, 19, Cock 1948, Koch, Cock, I don't know how to pronounce Cook. it. Cook. That's not Cook. Is Victor Lakin big enough and athletic enough to be the guy at the five position for the future? Yes. And he's splashing threes and warm ups. And he's got a crazy YouTube. <laughs> Go check it out. I just love seeing him in the huddle wearing his sweatpants and white t-shirts. That's all he has. It's fantastic. Fantastic. I I hope his cell phone's still in his, in his sock though. (laughs) Brent, you got a chance to get a little, a little bit of a look at him in pregame. The kid, the kid can shoot. He can shoot. He's very big. Obviously we haven't seen him like try and drop step and, dunk one home or, or chase down a, a block off a pick and roll. But yes, he is a, he's a big guy and he can shoot. But There's no I, a legit, I'd say a legit six ten, wouldn't you? I, I'd say maybe even taller. I, I mean, in, uh, in the huddles, he's, he's standing right there with Chris vote. I yes, mean, he is. you wouldn't look at Chris vote and say that he's, you know, four inches taller. So yeah, I think he's, he's right there around six eleven maybe pushing seven foot right now, but um, yeah, he's big. He's definitely big. And he uh, moves well. Yeah, he does. I, 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 from what I've heard, he's one of the guys that when they do sprints, uh, because he is like cleared to, to, to train, he has not cleared for contact yet, which has been the issue, which is why we haven't seen him. Um, but I, when they're doing their team sprints and stuff, my understanding is he's one of the guys that finishes at the head of the pack, which for a seven footer, pretty good although long strides you would expect yeah him to be able to move as long as he can he can he has some athleticism but i'm excited to kind of get more of a feel once he gets clear for contact mm-hmm. in the offseason at what vic can do because he has he has an intriguing skill set imagine as much as john likes to use chris at the very top of the key to catch and then initiate that the the offense to the sides with so passes and ball screens, but imagine being able to pass it to him at the top of the key and him just to turn and bang a three on you the when you're expecting com- him. That's fantastic. Just to like move the ball back and forth, he's got some, he's got a good deal of skill to his game from what I've seen so far. Good. Great. What else? Let's go. Um, let's see what, here. What's what? stopping the AAC from letting? Uh, well, nothing's stopping him. Uh, it, it's up to the teams and then approval. Well, Bearcats are playing Vanderbilt, so lax cat. Vandy coming up on Thursday. That is an answer to your question right there. Um, change needed for Brandon to not let six or seven games at the beginning of the season to figure things out. I think it's uh, 
I think every season is different. I think as as NKU, as his tenure there got got going, I think they were better in the beginning of the year and then got even better as the year went on. COVID so, made everything weird anyway. You can't judge anybody on what they did this year. Right. right. He's had two years with major roster turnover. Guess what? Yeah. You don't know. It's not specific to John Brannon. When you have a new team or mostly a new team, it's very difficult to know exactly what you have in game action in November and December. Yeah. Like you got to figure it out. Guess what? When you have four, five, six, seven pieces coming back, you have a better idea of what you have early. And then you can work the other stuff in as you go along, as you continue to improve. Well, let's be real. Next year, you got these kids. You've seen them at their worst. You've seen them at their best. So right. you know their strengths and their weaknesses. Right. Um, let's see here. So will DDJ be a junior when he, co- when he comes back? Same with Gabe. Stop uh, the, with it, this. It, stop. Well, no, I'm just all, all I'm no, saying. No, not I, you. Not you. But stop. Yeah. Right. Everybody right. gets a free year. It's up to the coach that's, and the, and the player saying, how yeah. they use it. It gets asked relentlessly. Right. The, the answer is always the same. We don't know. We don't know. Do you know if Chris Vogt's coming back? No. Why? Because Chris Vogt doesn't know if he's coming back or not. Mm-hmm. When decisions are made, we which, let you guys know. Which brings as, the- soon, as soon as we knew Darian Beavers was likely to come back, you know what we did? We told you guys Darian Beavers was probably coming back. When we got word that Joel DeBlanco was likely to come back, we told you Joel DeBlanco was likely to come back. I promise as soon as we know, we're going to tell you guys. I promise. Which, which that's my us, job. That's that's what I have to do. Which brings us to the next question. When must guys declare they are taking the extra year? I don't think there's a date. Is there is there a date on that, Dad? No. It's, okay. It's ongoing when school starts. All right. And then, but uh, the coaches aren't going to let it go that long. Like they're right. going to, you know, make a decision. Let us know what your your intentions are, and then we'll know. And when we know, I promise. I promise. I'll tell you guys when we know. The uh, the Mojan Marjan Bochamp has been fun. No idea. To follow. <laughs> Last couple. They're obviously they're obviously trying. They followed him. The, the staff is following. Yeah. They're, they're his, trying. his answer is saying that the staff hasn't reached out yet. It's just, it, it is just the very beginning, the very, very beginning levels. Let's see if, if a beautiful flower blooms. But, Personally, uh, I, I would, I would pass. Last couple are about football conference realignments that we wish went differently. If the Metro stayed together, would it be considered a power conference today? Got no. teams like Georgia Tech, Cincy, Memphis, Louisville, Tulane, Florida State, Virginia Tech, South Carolina, Southern Miss, Charlotte, South Florida, VCU. No, you don't think it'd be? You know what you need? You need Wales. Where are the Wales in that conference? So what if you could? Where's about- Ohio State? Where's Duke? Where's North Carolina? Where's Florida Texas? State? Where's Oklahoma? Florida State not won at that national, time. They won a national chip, though. I mean, if you're looking at not if, at that time, if it had stayed together, they there would be one there. One. They won. They won what? One. I I won. Yes. Does that make you a, a whale? No. That that might make you a shark. It doesn't make you a whale. UCLA, USC, 
The Pac-12 doesn't. When was the last time Pac-12 won? Pac the USC. How long ago was that? Fifteen years, twelve years. USC Florida, was the greatest dynasty in Florida, football Florida, in the early two thousands. Florida State's won since then. Okay, I'm just saying. USC has been a whale for fifty years. Well, and you, I guess you got Oregon. They're 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 Florida State. They're a shark. They're not a whale. What? It, the money is in the whales. That's where the eyeballs are. That's where the money is drawn to. Mm-hmm. You don't have anybody that that draws the type of money as Texas, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Duke, I'm, North I'm Carolina. Just being advocate, yeah. I know. I'm just proving you wrong. It's fine. <laughs> I'm spicy tonight. Yep. I'm having fun. Maybe I need to do radio before this show to like have three hours to get me like cranking i think we just got one more then brent uh, can you give oh. us a can you give us a thought what you see with the 513 hometown hero class for 22 football with so little spots left can you see five or only one maybe just three that's from arizona bearcat um touch on that afari parker caddis i think those are your that's what we got so far that those are your main <laughs> local targets it's not a great year in cincinnati there, there's not that like depth that you normally see of high major guys in Cincinnati this year. So um, I think it's a little bit, I don't, I don't want to say down. It's just a little bit uh, different than some of the years we've seen in the past. Colrain only just got Jordan brand. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> God, I hate you. I went to Northwest. Colrain stole all of our players, man. <laughs> they stole your soul. Apparently they did. You had uh, what's his name? Except for the linebacker uh, Brown. Yeah, which he decommitted from UC and committed to Louisville. So screw him, screw you. He came to the Bengals and then they cut him. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, we done. I mean, I think we've done a great job, guys. I think that was spectacular. I personally have nothing left to give, other than <laughs> <laughs> you're exhausted. You're exhausted. You're, you're taking a shower when we get done with this thing? <laughs> I, I need to. This will be a... The Ace Ventura shower where he's crying in the corner. It's it's not often that this happens during a pod, so... <laughs> so I think we're... I think we are good. I uh, I think we've got some excitement to look forward to. We've got Vanderbilt and, uh, and of course, ECU to close out, and then excitement heading into the AAC tournament. And whatever happens there, I mean, shoot, you avoid avoid Houston and Memphis till you get to the hopefully, hopefully till you get to the championship if all things play out correctly, which is about how you exactly you would want it if you are a Bearcat. So excitement there, and then of course, uh, can't wait to talk to Brady Collins about what we got going on this week. Heading the hell is going on with Matros? I don't know. Can't wait to hear. <laughs> just wanted to say congrats to Elmari for uh, the 51. That was a big, big deal this past week. Yep, yep. Um, outside of that, anybody who's trying to get through an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes of this, listen to your podcast on one and a half times. It'll pay off in dividends, I promise. And then and then it's really funny to slow it down and do it at half speed. Cause, uh, yeah, awesome. but that's like, 
it's like almost four hours. Never do that. Know. Ever. Never, ever. Well, just certain segments. It's, it's funny. But anyway, I'm good. You guys ready to sign off? Let's do yes, it. Sir. All righty, guys. Well, hey, yet again, for Chad Brendel, for Aaron Smith, I am Brent Young yet again. This was the BBP on BearcatJournal.com. Sip.